0: Can arsenic cure cancer? That and other stories this November 2nd, 2014. I'm Franny Halperin.
1: And I'm Jamie Sudler.
0: And it's This Week in Water.
1: As regular followers of This Week in Water know, Brazil is facing an extremely serious water crisis. A massive drought has left Sao Paulo, Latin America's largest city, on the brink of running dry. Some officials think that the city may run out of water within weeks, but others are more optimistic, saying that the crisis may be averted by the upcoming rainy season.
0: Nevertheless, the city is feeling the effects of the drought. A recent video posted by the Reuters news agency showed a woman from Sao Paulo explaining how it's not been possible to take a shower, flush toilets, or clean dishes. Bartenders in parts of Sao Paulo are relying on rooftop containers to store water during the day since taps are being shut off at night. Restaurants have turned to plastic dishes to limit washing.
1: Half of Brazil's textile makers are in Sao Paulo state, and many have been hit by a lack of water that is hampering the dyeing process and other operations. Leftist President Dilma Rousseff, who was recently reelected by a slim margin last week, used the water crisis during the election campaign to attack her centrist opponent. But Rousseff did not present any concrete environmental policy proposals during this year's campaign, and in the past she has attracted much criticism from the environmental community.
0: Brazil's drought has had another nasty side effect. The lack of water has weakened output from the nation's network of hydropower dams, leaving many states switching back to coal and gas for their power and boosting Brazil's carbon emissions. There's good news and there's bad news regarding California's ongoing drought. First, the good news. Despite drinking water shortages, unwashed cars and brown lawns, Latest figures show California's tourism industry is holding steady. That might change if continuing drought causes things to get more bleak. For example, starting last June, campers visiting California state parks had to rough it because conservation mandates meant water was turned off in many campgrounds, meaning visitors got no showers and had to use porta-potties instead of toilets. California's theme parks were doing their part to conserve water and attract tourists, mostly by installing water-efficient fixtures and drought-tolerant plants. At SeaWorld, the park will be putting in restrooms that will use salt water for toilets, a change that should save more than two million gallons of fresh water annually. Disneyland has a partnership with the Orange County Water District that will allow water to be treated and stored instead of being released to the ocean through storm drains.
1: There is some more good news. Despite California's lingering drought, this year's wine grape harvest was the third largest ever at an estimated 3.9 million tons. According to a Wine Institute spokeswoman, wine grapes can withstand a drought for several years and also benefit from a certain amount of stress, such as that caused by low rainfall. Up to a point, the spokesperson noted, less is more, and a lower yield in the realm of high-end grapes can result in even higher quality wine. That said, wine producers in California are taking steps to conserve water by installing drip watering systems and recycling water when possible.
0: But wildlife is not toasting the ongoing drought. Honeybees are struggling because the lack of rain has meant fewer plants and less nectar. This is especially bad news for the insect already suffering worldwide from pesticides, parasites, and colony collapse disorder. Furthermore, California was once the top honey producer in the U.S., but has since fallen to fifth place.
1: Scientists have been on the hunt to locate all of the 2 million barrels of oil that spilled in the Gulf of Mexico during BP's Deepwater Horizon disaster. Recently, they have concluded, not surprisingly, that as much as 16% has found a resting place in Davy Jones' locker, at the bottom of the sea. They are still looking for the rest of the oil. About two weeks ago, an executive of BP wrote an article published by the website Politico in which he said that many of the predicted consequences from the Deepwater Horizon oil spill had not come to pass. He claimed that the environment is rebounding and that most of the impact was of short duration and in a limited geographic area. However, research has suggested that the spilled oil has affected wildlife ranging from dolphins to corals. In fact, this year researchers at Pennsylvania State University reported that coral communities up to 13.7 miles from the spill site showed damage. The new study out last week makes things look even worse for BP. Researchers found that an area of 1,250 square miles southwest of the BP blowout is covered by a thin sheen of oil on the top half inch of the sea floor. Droplets of the leaked oil started out 3,500 feet below the ocean surface and were caught by deep ocean currents before raining down another 1,000 feet to the seafloor. This hydrocarbon rain explains the damage suffered by coral around the site, according to one of the researchers.
0: Superstorm Sandy was a devastating event that killed at least 159 people and destroyed more than 650,000 homes when it slammed into the East Coast almost exactly two years ago October but through all the misery the storm caused there's a surprising silver lining it's cleaned up the water in the long polluted long island bay when the storm hit it tore open breaches in the barrier island that separate the atlantic ocean from new york's long island and that gap allowed the ocean to surge in and out the result water near the breach is cleaner and has more plentiful fish plus tidal action has flushed away suburban runoff from sewage and lawn fertilizer that have sparked algal blooms known as the brown tide the superintendent of the fire island national seashore is calling it a gift from sandy and marine biologists studying the area say clams that had all but disappeared are now growing faster near the breach than anywhere else in the bay Additionally, flounder, bluefish, butterfish, and several species of crab are now six times more plentiful than before the storm. Whether or not the breach should be closed again, which many feel is necessary to protect Bayshore communities during severe weather, will be determined in an environmental impact statement that is most likely years away from completion.
1: Can arsenic actually be associated with declines in the death rates caused by breast cancer? Scientists at the University of California at Berkeley and the Catholic University in Chile have found that breast cancer deaths were cut in half from 1958 to 1970 in an area where residents were inadvertently exposed to high levels of arsenic. The effect was more pronounced among women under age 60 with death rates in these women reduced by 70%, a finding that one of the scientists called astonishing. The study looked at a small city in the north of Chile that switched to a geothermal water source in the Andes in 1958. Years later, it was discovered that the water contained arsenic in amounts 80 times higher than the levels recommended by the World Health Organization. The medicinal use of arsenic is not entirely new and a part of the current study found that human breast cancer cells grown in lab cultures are killed by arsenic. Normal breast cancer cells are more resistant to arsenic. The scientists who conducted the study are not saying that arsenic should be used as a treatment now, but they are calling for clinical trials as soon as possible based on this new evidence.
0: As we reported a few weeks ago, dams are controversial they're vilified for destroying scenic river canyons habitats and species as well as for having a correlation to earthquakes but dams are also promoted as climate friendly because they don't burn fossil fuels to produce electricity unfortunately the argument may not hold water if you'll pardon the pun scientists have known that reservoirs in tropical regions are a source of methane a greenhouse gas that's considerably more damaging than carbon dioxide methane is produced by decomposing organic matter in the soils and vegetation flooded when a reservoir is filled methane production in temperate regions has not been well studied but in august of this year researchers from epa found higher than expected methane levels at a research site in ohio and suggest more studies are needed to understand hydropower's role in global methane emissions to that end epa is set to begin a comprehensive study measuring methane from twenty-five reservoirs from indiana to georgia But no talk about dams would be complete without mentioning our friend, the beaver. Once trapped to near extinction for their furs, the critters are getting new respect for their engineering expertise that can't be easily duplicated by humans. For example, beaver dams help raise groundwater along streams, aid the growth of trees and plants that stabilize banks, and also help promote new rich soil. Beaver dams help keep more water on the land and mitigate the effects of droughts because when the animals dig into the mud below the surface, they slow water evaporation rates. Lastly, beaver dams do what all dams do, hold back water that could otherwise cause floods. To that end, government agencies have begun sponsoring a series of workshops on how to attract beavers to restore damaged wetlands and river environments. Leave it to the beaver to show us how to learn from our mistakes. This Week in Water is a production of H2O Radio and is sponsored by Colorado WaterWise. Learn more at coloradowaterwise.org.